This is a reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verses 26 and 27, found on page 54 of the Pew Bibles. Hear these words from the book that we love. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the people of the Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshiped. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Hey, uh, before I invite Ben up to be the first person to share his story, I just want to give you a little bit of intro into why we do this. If you just heard that passage, that is the passage in the book of Exodus. F, as they're celebrating the Passover, God actually encourages his people to share their stories, to remind our children. Now, if you're looking at Giselle and Ben, you might be like, they're like our children. Why are they sharing their story with us? Well, there's great value in that, right, of hearing how God is working in the lives of people younger than you. But there's also those of you kids, why we invite you in is because they're older than you. And so what Jesus says is that children are an example to us of faith. If you think about kids, kids are all in everything they do, right? They got a frozen dress for Christmas. They are Elsa or Anna, and they're all in as Elsa and Anna, right? That's who they are. You have to refer to them as that. It's the same thing, right? They're all in. When they're all in for Jesus, they're all in. You can't convince them otherwise that God's not real and he's not doing great things in our world. And so we're just having those stories shared with us today so we can celebrate all God is doing in people younger than us or older than us. So my encouragement to you would be as you're listening, two things. One, Pray for them as they're sharing, that God would use their stories and all that he's doing in their lives to encourage and challenge you, but two, that you would celebrate, that you would celebrate what God does in the world, that God does not leave us to ourselves, but actually is actively working in our midst. And so we're going to invite Ben up. He's going to share first. Could we give him a round of applause? Ben's going to come up first. And I think you're supposed to stand up there, right? Is that correct? You want him up on the stage? Right where I am? Oh, perfect. Here we go. Even better. Here we go. Benjamin Cushman. All right. So I'm a little nervous, but we'll see what happens. We're just going to try to get into it, get used to it. But um, um, I'm a little disappointed my name isn't up on the slide, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, anyways, but um, yeah, my name is Benjamin Cushing. Uh, I've been going here for like five-ish years, I think, so... You know, it's still, I got used to this place like three years ago, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a very Christian type of household, so like it was always just something we did. I don't have the elaborate story of like, oh, like your birthday, and then you learn it. My mom does, but like I don't. So it was always very, I felt like I should have had it, but, I, but apparently a Christian household story is a very better sort of story because that's what it's supposed to be, like passed down. Um, but part of that is I went to a public school, so I had a lot of, like, you know, other temptations and other people, like cursing or drugs, which, I mean, I was in fifth grade, so I don't, no one was doing it yet. But I always had that some sort of temptation, probably more than most people, but, I mean, uh, you just got to push through, because at some point it'll end, I mean, after, like, 20 years of school. Um, let's see. Um, oh, I did not, oh, yeah, there we go. I did not have it organized. Um, so I think one trait that I truly have just being like following Jesus and all that is 
I don't get made fun of very often. Or, no, I do. Or, no, I, I get made fun of occasionally, but I don't care because it doesn't hurt my feelings. You know what I'm saying? Like, or I can make fun of my friends all the time. It doesn't hurt my, me and my soul. Like, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me, and I think that's just the Lord saying, you know, that's, that's just a trait I'm going to give you. And if, if I didn't follow the Lord, I don't think that would be something that I would personally have as something that I do. And what I believe is different between me and my friends is they do not see the world as they probably should be seeing it. Like, I see it as I should be doing more speeches like this or telling my friends about it whenever they ask or things like that, but that's not what they see because they don't really know the true meaning, and I think that's part of my fault for not ended up, end up actually telling them about it. So, now I'm going to be doing that. Um, but yeah, they're all, like, playing video games, going outside, which obviously I want to do, but that's the ultimate goal, and they don't really care what happens after that because they're just focused on this day, this day, this day, when in reality, we're, I should be more focused on the future after this day and what that's really going to be bringing. And if they don't have eternal life with me, then that's probably what I should be more focused on than other things in myself. Um, so back in third grade, I think, I had this weird leg pain in my like leg, or obviously, and I didn't know what it was. No one really knew what it was. It just kind of always existed. But one day it went away, and I was always sitting there thinking, like, why did it leave? I was like, I prayed about it for like five years, but it didn't leave. And I was always, I just kind of sat there wondering what was really actually happening. And then I realized that I don't think I was praying correctly when I truly did pray for the, my leg. That I was just saying, you're the guy to help me, so just help me out. Help me out. Like he was like, just like a doctor or something. But he was really supposed to be like, no, like you're supposed to rely on me for this. You want to pray because you want me to help, not because I'm just the guy to do so. Because then it's just seeing him as like another person when in reality he's like this God that helps you out with everything and is always there for you. And I don't think I was praying correctly, and that's the reason why he kept it going, just to teach me about how to truthfully pray. Um, to fast forward a year, I think, back in like 2021, December 24th was the day my mom got sick. So that was an interesting day because like the beginning of the day was normal, and then it wasn't. So... I got back and was told the news about her having like cancer and all that, and I wasn't scared of my of her, but of myself for not being scared, because I went outside for like 20 minutes, and after that I was never nervous again about the entire experience. Like it just didn't hit me, and I just wasn't sad. I didn't cry as often as I thought I would. Like it was, it was weird, and I was very nervous for myself having that experience. I thought I should be nervous, I should be sad, or I should be scared, but I wasn't. So I had to. I prayed that about why it was happening, and I think that's just another trait that the Lord give, has given me, that if a terrible thing happens, I don't feel it as bad as other people, and that, like, I should be thankful for it, but in reality, I feel like I shouldn't be, because I feel like it doesn't show care to that person, but I think at the same time, it does, knowing that I just had faith that the Lord was going to heal her after, like, it was, like, that year and a half. Um... When it comes to, like, actually, like, following in his footsteps, I don't think it's anything before fifth grade because then it's just, it's just a religion. It's just whatever. But then all of a sudden, one day, it just clicked for me. They're like, oh, this is something I should be doing. This is important. But I don't think it's something that you can learn. I think for, it's for the right person to just click and it's if they already know their religion. But if they don't know their religion, then someone's got to tell it to them. But just one day, it'll just hit you. And like, oh, I got to... Um, I got to do this. This is what's right for me. I need to like learn this. And if that doesn't happen to you, then I you should probably like. I feel like that's just my experience personally, though, 
Because like one day, like I, ha I wouldn't ex expect to be doing this in the future when I was like five, but then I am, and so here we are. And I think that's all because just one day, just I knew this was what I should be truthfully doing. See, and that goes along with the mission trip that I went on a few years ago. So I, when I was told about it, I didn't want to do it because it was like the first week of summer, and I finally got to sleep, and I knew I wouldn't have to. I got to sleep till seven. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I want to. I want to sleep in because it's first week of summer. But no, I was made to go, so I went. It was the first day was fine. You know, I was getting to know everybody. But then Tuesday was the most boring day I've ever experienced because all we did, I did, was sit on grass because I didn't have anything to do at the like the site we were at. So that was not a fun experience to be. But then the rest of the week kind of flew by. So it was genuinely fun and helping out people like. They seemed really like happy that we were doing that. You know, it just it, it feels good normally knowing that like people really are happy about the kind of work you're doing and helping them out. Because I don't know, and I feel like we also prayed with them every single after we did everything. I think that really like broadened their like spiritual growth. If or if they didn't have any, that they definitely had like that little back thought in their mind like something's happening here. Like we have like this might be something I should think about. Like it's always just back there. Last Thursday, I believe it was, I was coming from school for like one of the final days before Christmas vacation, and I was sitting in the back of the bus because the bus is always packed, so there's no no other seats to sit. So I went back there, you know, thinking like, oh, I'm just just gonna go home. But then all of a sudden, these three kids got on, and it's like, you know, you you know how you can sometimes tell when they're like, there's something going on, because like they had like the ski masks on, and they're like sitting around, like looking, it's like something, something's happening here. So then they sit next to me. But I can't really hear what they're saying because they're like very quiet and like I have headphones in. So then when I look over, he's doing nothing. He's just talking to the other kids. Like, oh, whatever. Then he starts pushing me. So I was like, okay. So then I sit where the other guy was sitting because he once wanted him to move so he could sit with his friend. And all of a sudden, they like start messing with this kid and steal his stuff and run off the bus. And I was like, I didn't know what to do. But I was partly afraid that it was my fault because I moved. And I thought if I didn't move, something was going to happen. But at the same time, if I didn't move, maybe I would have gotten hit or robbed or something. So like that. Is a humbling moment to me in truth, but um, I think, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a scary moment when it was happening, and then when it was over, it was just like all real quick. So after like 20 minutes, we started talking to this kid, and this guy, other guy on the bus gave him his phone to call his dad. So then after the guy left, like five minutes before my stop, I just finally gained the courage, you know, just to say like, do you want me to pray for you? And he was seemed genuinely happy that I was offering that. So I was like, all right, so then I did, and then as soon as I finished and got off the bus, that's when the exact prayer I should have said happened, and I, everything I should have said I didn't say. But um, no, but I feel like that didn't matter. I think the whole fact that I did pray is what really mattered, that he knows that, like, oh, some, this kid clearly cares. There's something to this that, like, why else would he be randomly asking me for this after that? So I feel like it's, that's more important than just saying the right things, but actually just praying in the first place. Um. And I woke up at 7.30 today to do tech, which very early after being at school every day, except for this week, but in general. But back again to like when I was younger, I don't think I would be doing that for church. Like for church, that's what, I don't want to do that. But now I'm realizing like that's what we should be doing. That's like what, that's why you're, what, that's what you do if you are part of a church or you follow and is, you follow the Lord. Like that's why you, like you help out by doing tech or by singing or, by just reading or being a greed or anything like that, just it just shows that you care. It's not necessarily anything else, but just it shows how much you really do want to follow and really like care for him. And I don't, I didn't really realize that until David actually told me to do it. 
because I would not have done it otherwise. <laughs> we were just like sitting up there, and I was like, okay, sure. And so I tried it. Then the first day, I was not, I was very confused, but then I figured it out pretty, pretty quickly. So in the end, it was good. Um, and so this was a last minute ad. Like I, I think I had this like five minutes ago. When Miss Carol from my old church came down, and I don't think I could be saying half these things if she wasn't here, because she taught me Sunday school from when I was like four or three all the way till I was like 10. So that was a very exciting moment. Yeah, and I think just to wrap up, um, before I went up, everyone, a lot of people were praying for me and stuff, because he goes, no, I don't want to be doing this. It's very nerve-wracking, you know? So I did, and then I was told this quote, but yet again, Mr. David over there, he said, you may look like a fool up there, or you may look very confident and proud, but no matter what, that's just what the Holy Spirit's going to do, because he knows what really should be happening when you're up there. I was like, that's, that's very true. That should be, like, go for everything. Like, it doesn't matter how you look up there or what you do up there. All that matters is what, is what they hear and what they know that they should be experiencing. And I think that's very, why I did this half the time, because I realized people actually need to know what I went through, knowing that it wasn't crazy, but that it exists out there, that someone can have a relatively somewhat normal life and still follow the Lord and have parents that do and, have, and be able to do it myself. Because I feel like most people don't follow it after you know, like, however many years, like, they don't follow Christianity after their parents. Like, I was re I'm reading this book in school about that, where this girl does not like her religion, and it's Christianity, and I'm sitting there just like, thinking, like, I don't like this book. It goes completely against what I, what I believe, but no one else seemed to care, because it's public school, of course. So, I don't know, it was very, it just helps out, so that's what I think. So, yeah, um, I don't know, do I have anything else to say? I don't think, I think that's it. I think I'm done. Hi, I am extremely nervous, so if I mess up, blame my parents. That's not my fault. Um, so I'm Giselle Curry. You probably know me as Pastor Evan's daughter, and my whole life that was who I was. I was always the pastor's daughter, the pastor's granddaughter, and you know, I grew up in a Christian home knowing about the Lord and about who he was and what he did for me, but I didn't know how to make it my own. So I was always told, be like your dad. Your dad, he, he knows what he's doing. Like, bro's pastor. Like, he knows what he's doing. So be like him. But I didn't know how to do it. So I would always ask him, like, what do I believe? What do I believe? And he would always tell me, you have to believe for yourself. Like, I can't tell you everything that there is to know about Christianity because you have to figure that out for yourself. It can't just be a religion. It's be a relationship. And so I struggled a lot growing up with my body image and the way I looked and the way I felt. And when I was four years old, my grandmother died and I was really close with her and she was such a big part of my life. And I remember being told a lot, like, you wouldn't remember, you wouldn't remember you were only four years old, but like, the crazy thing is, that's the year of my life that I remember the most. And I think it has a lot to do with my grandmother and I think that the Lord wanted me to remember that thing, remember her whole existence and her whole life and how she impacted my life. But it's, it's hard growing up without her, knowing that she's gonna, she missed my 13th birthday, she's gonna miss my 16th birthday, she's gonna miss my wedding, she's gonna miss my concerts and my plays, and 
you know, that was really hard for me to like grasp onto knowing that like she's really gone. Um, but my grandfather remarried the most amazing woman and I'm so grateful to have her in my life. And I just remember like being really upset when I found out that he was gonna remarry. So I was like, how could you do that? Like, how, you, loved, you loved my Grammy, like why could you remarry? And I remember not wanting to call her my grandmother and wanting to just call her Lisa. And my parents were like, Giselle, this is insane. Like, what are you doing? So I got into middle school and in sixth grade, I was so scared to outwardly express my Christianity. I thought I was gonna get made fun of because that's what everyone else was gonna make fun of. And I grew up, I grew up my whole life in a Christian school. So it feels off-putting to be like, I'm getting made fun of for being Christian. But I, I was. So seventh grade, I decided I was really gonna start taking my Christianity seriously. And it was also the COVID year, so everything was messed up. And I was gonna go on a youth retreat with my school, and I was so excited, and then it got canceled. And I was like, Lord, why would you cancel it? I was so excited, like I'm trying to make this a relationship, I'm trying to make this my religion, but you're stopping me. And I was so upset about it. And then eighth grade comes along, and I finally get to go on this retreat, and I was so excited. And the first night, I think it was the first night, yeah. Um, the first night, we heard this amazing passage that I don't remember, but I remember it being really good, and I really liked it. And I saved all my notes from it, and it was just, like, amazing. And the youth pastor comes up, and he says, if you want to re-give your life over to the Lord tonight, come, come up to the altar, like, the front. And I was like, I was like, oh, who's gonna go up? Like, ooh, who's going, who's going? Um, and it, we just kind of sat there for like five minutes, super awkwardly, like every you know, junior high retreat where everybody's just like, I'm not going up. Um, and I felt this pull in my heart, like, just so go up. And I was like, what, I, I'm saved. I thought I was saved, but I guess I wasn't. I was so confused and I was like, what do I do? I was scared, I was worried, and I just sat there in my thoughts, but I kept feeling this pull in my heart, like, just all go up, go up. Like, no one else is gonna go up, you have to go up. And so I did. And I sat there, like, with my hands behind my back, and I put my head down, and I thought I was gonna cry, like, I was overwhelmed with so much emotion. And, you know, I saw this one kid, he comes up next to me, and he does the same thing. And I'm like, okay, at least someone else is up here and then another kid. And then all of a sudden, I just hear all these chairs and all these like shoes squeaking. And there's a huge picture, I don't have it, but there's a picture and it's like, imagine this whole room filled with junior high kids. And like from here to here, it was all filled of everyone coming up, standing in front of the stage. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what did I just do? Like, I remember people being like, I was too scared to go up, but you did, and I finally thought I could go up. And this girl texted me a couple weeks later. She was in like sixth grade, and she was like, all of my friends are making fun of me. I was too scared to go up, and I saw you go up, and I knew that it was okay, and I knew that the Lord wanted me to go up. And I kept telling her, don't be afraid to outwardly express your faith. And that was something I had to learn for myself, was you can express your faith and you might get made fun of it. You might get made fun of, but it's all worth it because the Lord has big plans for that. 
But high school starts, which is a mess, and I start falling out of touch with the Lord. I thought, like, oh, I don't have to read my Bible. Like, I know all of the stories. I know everything in that's in it. Well, obviously, I didn't, but um, I started worrying about how people thought of me, what people thought of me, what I looked like. And so I joined a new youth group for high school, and the pastor said, he said, as soon as you walk out of these doors, the devil's going to try and change your mind again. He's going to try and pull you back and tell you that everything that you just learned and everything that you just experienced is all fake. And that hit me. I was like, every time I feel close to God, the devil finds a way to pull me away. So my relationship must not be strong enough if I'm easily being pulled away from the Lord. So I started realizing that my friends were using me and making fun of me. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? So I reached out to the Lord, and I had, uh, this goes with the missions trip for um, Liberty. I went for the second time, and I went to the retreat and all of the other stuff, and I realized how every time I was there, I felt so much closer to the Lord, and I was like, how, how can this be? Like, how, what am I doing right here that I'm doing wrong somewhere else? And I started to realize that a lot of it had to do with my phone, and the distractions of it, and the people that were behind it in the screen. So I said, okay, I can't have my dad's relationship. I have to have my own. I have to make this my own. So I started diving into the Bible. I joined the worship team here, and I became more involved in the church community. Um, I've been doing the Sunday school since I was 11 years old. I've been helping out in that. So it makes me in awe to see how much these young kids love Jesus and how much they want to they wanna live for Jesus. And it makes me feel like so honored to be around them and see them. I was finally ready to make Jesus my everything. So I know the Lord has really big plans for me, but obviously my future scares me. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do when I go to college. I don't know where I'm going to go to college. I don't know how I'm going to get money for college. Everything like that is just so, so, so scary. But the more I, I grow, I see how the Lord works in my life and how he has worked in my life before. And so I see that he's made me a role model to so many young girls, my sister, my brothers. Well, they're not girls, but, you know, my brothers. Um, the Lord's made me a better sibling, a better daughter, a better friend, a better niece, a better granddaughter. So I know the struggles of creating a real relationship with the Lord. And I know that it can be difficult and it can be scary. But God uses us in such miraculous ways. And he used me in ways that I didn't even know he had been using me in. So making that big step to relationship with the Lord is tricky. But it was so worth it, being scared and being made fun of. It all ended up working out because now I have the most amazing friend group of all these young women of God who want to make Jesus their everything and are taking action to do it. And I think the Lord really did something in my life with that. And Miss Leah and Miss Brittany and Mr. David and all the people that do Liberty Youth, they have shaped me and showed me the pathway to become a good Christian and to be a young woman of God, and I'm forever grateful for that. And I can't put into words how much the Lord has changed my life since becoming a better Christian, but he really has changed me in 
shaped me in so many unexpected ways. And I'm really grateful for it. Thank you. Hey, uh, Giselle, why don't you stay up here? Ben, why don't you come up? We'll pray for you. Hey, I was reminded of this passage from 1 Timothy 4.12, and I just want to encourage and challenge you guys, uh, which says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Now, when that passage has been said to me over the years, um, first, um, somebody gave me a shot once and gave me a chance to lead, and I'm really thankful that you guys stepped up and you guys lead here at the church. Um, when somebody shared that with me one time, it was this kind of idea of like, hey, you know, like, like hey, don't let anybody pick on you. Don't let them look down on you because you're young. But what that passage is more trying to say is like, don't let anybody say that's an excuse for why you're not living as a Christian. It's like, oh, you're young. They're young. Let that, then that's the excuse for you. But actually it says what? It says set an example, right? So it's not that like, hey, don't let anybody look down on you because you know, you're whatever age you are, but actually don't let them use that as an excuse for blowing you off and saying you don't have a strong, you don't have strong faith and you're not serving or whatever it might be. So all of you guys, hey, kids, you know, there's opportunity for you to serve. There's opportunity for you to step up. There's opportunity for you to love and care for people, whatever age you're in. And I think anybody who's been a Christian for some time, the saints of old here, will tell you that, hey, as soon as you can step up and start following Jesus, you should. And so you see an example here of, hey, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. As soon as you have a chance to follow Jesus, you should. And it is life-changing. And so we're grateful for you guys. We'll continue to pray for you guys. Um, hey, We've done a really good job, and I've said this to these guys particularly, where we got lunch at Chick-fil-A the other day. I said, look, hey, we, do, we as Liberty Northeast have done a great job reaching millennials, which is great now, but like 30 years from now, that's going to be a problem, right? So these, these are like, we want to invest in the kids here. We want to invest in the young people here because one day we're hoping to hand off the church to them. But I've never been a fan of saying these are the future leaders of your church. No, these are the leaders of your church now. All right, so these are, they might not lead, they might be, not be pastors or elders or anything like that, but they are leaders, and so we're grateful for you guys. So that's my encouragement to you guys. Could we just pray for them? Would that be cool? Hey, why don't you just put your hands out like you're putting your hands on their shoulders, and we're going to pray for them. And Ben, I'm going to do like an elbow on you because I'm holding this microphone. So Father, we thank you for Ben and Giselle, and Lord, we pray that you would guide them throughout all of life, that you would walk beside them, that they would never know a day without you. And Lord, we ask, as they're asking questions about their future and questions every day in the present, we ask that you would answer those. Sometimes, Lord, that answer them with just your love and reminding them that you're there. But also give them answers and show them the way forward. Lord, I pray that they would be examples to us, for those of us who are older than them, that they would be examples of faith to us, that they would never use their youth as a, an excuse for why they're not following Jesus. Um, and Lord, for anybody younger than them, I pray that they would be people that are looked up to. Um, and not because we want to add pressure to them, but just because they're being faithful. They're just following Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.